Welcome, friends, to another episode of Heartville Consciousness. I'm your guide, Laura Bender. So today's guest is Sarah Bright. Um, she has been working in the fitness and wellness industry for almost two decades, so helping thousands of people reach their health goals as a personal trainer and a coach. So during that time, um, she kind of talks about um, how she kind of stumbled across the chakras um, in our interview, um, but she became a student of the chakras, kind of an ancient philosophy that studies how our energetic world is related to our physical. Um, so she realized a few years ago that this was the missing link to um, a lot of people's wellness programming. Um, so she decided to kind of create and blend the two emotional and mental health with physical health. Um, and then your chakra coach, which is her new podcast or newer podcast is now now I've been born. Uh, so this, her podcast actually provides guidance and directions for thousands of people over 50 countries each week, just showing them how to expand their well-being and happiness. So thanks again for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the episode and I'll check in with you with on, on the other side. All right. And there's that lady's voice. So welcome, 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 Sarah, to the podcast. How are Thank you, you today? I am doing very well. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. It was, it's a hot day here. So I'm, I'm actually enjoying the hot weather for a change. I feel like I'm always complaining about the hot weather and then I complain <laughs> about the, the extreme cold. And, you know, we were just obviously talking to before I started recording, you know, you're from an area um, not far from me, really a few hours that you moved from, and then you moved uh, to the East Coast. But Chicago and Cleveland kind of have, I think Chicago has the, the weather and then we get it the following day. So yeah, you're um, welcome. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> it's, it's some some brutal cold that you get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right it's, up- it's really hot here too. It's top in a hundred. Yeah, but I, think that's I love it. I'm, yes. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, so anyway, so I wanted to kind of, um, and like we were kind of mentioning even before recording and stuff, I saw your, your profile and I thought this will be a perfect guest because I really haven't had a lot of uh, guests come on and actually refer to, uh, talking about the chakras. So I was wondering if you can kind of give a little background of how you actually got into energy work and then working with the chakras. Sure. Yeah. So my story of even learning about the chakras, I think is very uh, unusual. I was 19 years old at a theater conference of all things. And a friend and I had to kill some time for an hour until our next thing we had to do. So we wandered into this hotel ballroom and there were a bunch of people sitting on the floor. And to this day, I cannot tell you why we picked this room, but we walked in and It was a workshop, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, I don't know, about the chakra system, what it is, and how to use it for character development when you're in a play. Okay. And I, yeah, right? I think that's what on earth. So, (laughs) but I remember listening to this woman and kind of thinking, wow, okay, this, this actually makes a lot of sense. Not necessarily for the character development bit, but just as she was explaining it, I was like, oh. And it just sort of resonated with me, but that was, that was all I really learned about it or knew about it. But this idea kind of just lived in me for a long time, maybe another decade or so. 
until something inside me said, you really need to learn more about that. And so I didn't even know where to begin, but I started reading books and I started just kind of searching anything I could find on the internet. What are these chakras? What, uh, where did they come from? Because this was, you know, a theater conference. They weren't interested yeah. in the history <laughs> traditions of them. Yeah, it exactly. Purely, it purely transactional. How can I use these in this way that I don't think they were ever intended to be used? Right. So now parallel to that, I had fairly severe anxiety as a child. And so my dad had taught me to meditate. He would never have called mm -hmm. it meditating, but he mm -hmm. taught me sort of like breathing and how to calm my body when I would start to have these, you know, nervous attacks. So that was something that I'd always been, that I'd always done meditation. And so all of a sudden these two things in my world, my life just started connecting. And I thought, oh, I've discovered the thing. And that's actually how I came to asana or yoga. Mm -hmm. I came at it from meditation. And I feel like so many people, especially in the West, come at it from the other way. Yes. They find the postures first, and then they find the, the meditative and the emotional side and the spiritual side. And I kind of came at it backwards. So I, I've always thought that was very interesting, I but it, I don't know if that's even really backwards. I feel like, I, know, that, I just think it's opposite than yeah. how most people do it. Yeah, that's culture. true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good point. I mean, I, I think I have interviewed a couple people that actually did attack, did kind of have that practice first mm -hmm. and then they kind of developed into the actual asana practice. Yeah. Um, that's interesting though. Um, yeah. So kind so of, that's how I did. yeah, that's cool. And did I you actually, started... yeah. Did you actually have like a, were you, um, what compelled you, I guess, to become a yoga instructor as well? Was that kind of in that same kind of, was it presented to you that way? No, my journey towards being a yoga instructor was built out of my career in the fitness industry. Mm, okay. I was also a dancer. That's because I was at the theater conference. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> um, I came to teaching group exercise and personal training. And so I did all of this fitness work. and yoga is part of that world. And so that is how I sort of then got into yoga. Now I do it all, but it's so fascinating because I very intentionally bring all of my chakra work and my energy work into my other fitness modalities. And that's really where I started my podcast because I was finding in my personal training and in my fitness work mm -hmm. that the thing that was missing from people's health mm -hmm. was a spiritual component almost, you know, people were very focused on physicality and even mental health was, you know, a priority for a lot of these people, but there was very little attention paid to emotional health or spiritual health. And people were wandering around feeling extremely disconnected from their bodies. All this time spent on working their bodies, they weren't really truly connected. And so that's what I started to bring to my sessions that brought me into teaching yoga that brought me into creating a podcast. Interesting. Um, I love And that. then working. And now I do work specifically with clients who just want to do chakra work that want to just focus okay. on energy or spiritual journey, or even just emotional and mental health. And that's, that's how I got here. 
wow, that's actually a really cool, (laughs) that's a cool journey. So, you know, like I kind of mentioned, we have a lot of, you know, I don't think we can have, not have this discussion in some way, shape or form, way, shape or form in, in within yoga somehow. Um, so I often, so I actually lead a couple study groups that we have at my vinyasa practice. And one of them actually does talk uh, heavily about the, the chakras. And so there's a lot of discussion often with students regarding this. So how do you feel that you can actually use the chakra system to actually make you feel better? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but would you mind kind of getting into that a little bit deeper? Absolutely. So aside from their connect the energetic connection to the physical body, the chakras have a philosophical base, and you probably spend a lot of time discussing that. Mm-hmm. And one thing that the study of the chakras does, even if you just work with the seven main chakras, is gives you a platform to start having a deeper understanding about yourself, who you are. Uh, It helps you understand others. It helps you understand how you relate to others. Mm -hmm. And then with understanding of yourself and of others comes compassion. And when we develop compassion in ourselves, happiness follows, feeling better follows. We are happier in our own bodies, happier in our own environments. We're happier in our relationships. And we just have a deeper connection to ourselves and our place in the universe, which I really think is the gift of the chakras is that energetic connection to things that are larger than just our individual selves, or even just our small family units or our friend circles. You know, we have this opportunity to draw on thousands of years of tradition and that sense of, I mean, literally being rooted to the past and then being able to see what the future is, you know, all through this energetic chain. I think that's why it it helps us feel better. We can let go of the attachments that we develop to um, who we are, right? We start to understand who we are and then we can start to let go of that. That becomes not so important, right? We spend all this time developing these strong personalities, these strong wills. And then at a certain point in chakra work, you think, oh, I can let go of that. I don't have to constantly be gripping onto, I am Sarah. I do fitness. I am this person, you know, or even defining yourself by your relationships. I am a mother. I am a wife. I am a sister, whatever it is you can start to let some of that go. And I think that the chakra system and the study of it and the experiencing of it brings us closer to our ability to do that. Maybe we'll never actually get there, but it brings us closer to that sort of that sense of freedom, that liberation. I really, yeah, resonated with what you just said, that sense of freedom. So uh, kind of going into a little another direction before I do that even too, I, I've actually just recently um, been experiencing a friend of mine and I were doing some photo shoots a couple weeks ago. And I, you know, I was specific to working with the sacral chakra. We kind of worked on that quite a bit, but then it also kind of opened up and this kind of leads to the next question I had. Um, it opened up in a sense of creating some abundance um, within And, um, I was kind of flowing down this path where, um, I was beginning to 
doors were starting to open again. And I feel like I was manifesting a lot of these things. So, um, and, you know, I continued to kind of, I kind of like went back and was, I'm looking and like, how did I, how did I do this? So how, um, how can we actually use the chakras to actually manifest and how, how do they correlate with that? Yeah, that is a, a great question. And I think one that people are really interested in, how does that yeah. work? So I personally use two processes. I use one that works from the root chakra up to the crown. Mm-hmm. And then I have another one that I use that's from the crown down to the root. Um, I feel like manifesting sometimes gets a, a bad reputation. Like you're being super selfish. Like I'm going to manifest mm-hmm. a fancy car. And yeah. I feel like most people, that's not what manifesting right. is necessarily right like most people are that's not what they're they're wanting to manifest something that's a little more in line like that abundance that sense that the universe has your back Mm -hmm. right how can I manifest peace in my life um and I like to think about manifesting as being sort of part of the universal plan right if it's part of the universal plan you'll be able to create it and if it's not it will come in a different way than you expect um, so I'll tell you about one of them just briefly. I'll do the, the easier one. I don't know that either one is necessarily easy, but yeah. um, well, the first one that I start out um, my, my clients and my, my coaching with, um, so starting at the root, we talk about the shadow side of the root chakra as being fear. So the first thing I ask people to do is identify their fear or all their fears, right? What are you afraid of? are you afraid of the very thing that you're trying to manifest? And the answer is usually yes, because if we weren't afraid of it, it would be in our lives already. Yes. <laughs> and that people are like, why would I be afraid of abundance? I'm like, well, because you might have um, a narrative in your head that having too much makes you selfish or greedy or a bad person in some ways. So we really just start to explore like what, what are we afraid of? So sometimes we'll do an exercise. I'll just like list everything you're afraid of. I mean, start with spiders and go from there. Um, yeah. And just people are amazed. You know, I'm afraid of uh, judgment. I'm afraid of feeling embarrassed. I'm afraid of looking stupid. Uh, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Because mm-hmm. it's not really fear. What is the fear protecting you from? And that's when we start to get into the sacral chakra. Sacral chakra is the seat of emotions. So we're using fear to cover up feeling and emotion, embarrassment. Uh, that's a big one. Judgment. That's a big one, right? That's what we're really afraid of. You know, we're not necessarily afraid of the abundance. We're afraid of the judgment that comes with the abundance. Well, yeah. how does it feel when you actually allow yourself to feel those feelings instead of covering them up or trying to push them away, right? So that's what we do in the sacral chakra. We got to Feel all the feelings around something because until you do, you cannot create it. You cannot create it in your life unless you're willing to feel the entire spectrum of human emotions around whatever it is. So once we get sort of the hang of feeling that, which is super uncomfortable and usually people's least favorite step, um, (laughs) then we we move. Yeah, right. Nobody's like, oh, great. Shame. Just exactly what I was looking forward to. Have like an yeah. afternoon of shame, please. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we move to the solar plexus. And the solar plexus chakra is all about taking action. And I know there's sort of like the just think it and it'll come or 
know, just put it out into the universe. And I like to think of manifesting as, as drawing opportunities to you, right? The possibility for what you're trying to manifest already exists, right? You don't have to create the existence of it. You just have to bring it to you. But if you haven't done the work to, um, like I liken it to a bus, opportunities are going by, but if you don't have the fare, if you haven't got yourself to the bus stop, if you haven't done what it takes to get on the bus when the bus comes, then you're not going to draw that opportunity to you. So yeah, the solar I, plexus, oh, sorry, yeah, please. I was going to say, it was going to say that that's actually where I was kind of going with this too, um, especially with the whole abundance um, idea. Um, after I had, well, actually, yeah, after I had the session with my friend that following week, um, actually even there when we were having the session in like a field, <laughs> Uh, we were, um, I saw yellow finches mm. and mm-hmm. the, that was the first time. And then every day since that point, and I'm talking about my neighborhood, like I, I run around my neighborhood, like pretty much almost every day. Um, I would, I've been seeing them every day. They've been guiding me along just along the streets today. I decided to go to a different area to go run and we have a nice park system here. And again, I saw another finch and it was kind of guiding me down a path that I didn't know actually was there. But yeah, I, I feel like that's for me, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people. I, everything's a sign. <laughs> everything's a sign. And but, if it's a sign to you, then it's a sign. Yeah. And I feel mm-hmm. like that since I was kind of working on that anyway, and again, things were kind of materializing and coming to fruition. Um, I feel like that was, it's, it's still continuing to guide me somewhere. Um, yeah, but you have to take those paths, right? Like it would be, if you've got a guide, go down this path and you're like, I'm good. Thanks. You know, and you opt out. Well, you're not manifesting. You, you have to take action. It doesn't have to be huge. You don't have to quit your job and start a soap company, right? Like you can do smaller things, but you do have to take action toward your highest good, which is the power of that third energy center. Yeah. Yeah. So once we start taking actions then we're moving up into our heart and I think the heart is very much, it's the middle of the chakra system, of course, Mm -hmm. but it's also the place where we balance our internal and external world, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a whole sphere of balance. And this is where we really start to learn and experience the fact that what we're putting out into the universe is what's coming back. And so this is where we can start to experience uh, manifesting with love and gratitude. What happens all the time is people drop back down into the root and they start to feel fear and they manifest. They want to manifest out of fear, um, out of fear of not having enough, about fear of uh, not being enough. So and it's fine. That happens all the time. People, we start manifesting up and then you drop down, down. It's not up or down is not positive, negative. In this case, we're just moving through the energy system. Our energy just flows like that. Mm -hmm. But the heart is where we can start working on the love and the gratitude, because that's really what you want to be creating from. Nobody wants more fear in their life. Nobody wants more um, embarrassment or shame or guilt, right? Nobody wants more of that in their life. Usually. And I, I, I hate to, yeah, I hate I to rule that, yeah. anything out, <laughs> but generally speaking, when we're creating, we want to be creating from that place that is in touch with the vibrations of the universe. And if we 
know that the vibration of the universe really is love, that's what we have to connect with. And that's the responsibility of the heart. Yeah. And we move to the throat. So the throat is a really interesting chakra. A lot of people say it's the most important one for manifesting because that's what you speak into the universe. The throat chakra is essentially the conversation that you're always having with the universe. So you have to be really careful what you say about yourself, about your dreams, about uh, whether you're good enough for your dreams. Self-talk really matters in the manifestation process, and that's in the throat. Um, if we're going from the crown down, we talk about like a lot of times things that you're manifesting that you're pulling in from the universe get stuck. It's stuck in that narrowing. I mean, it's a physical narrowing of your body as well. It's easy for things to get stuck here. Yeah. So paying a lot of attention, careful attention to what we say and how we communicate with the universe. That's how we work the throat chakra in manifesting. Hmm. And then we go up to the third eye. And the third eye, third eye is, is really cool. It lets, it's, the, it's the energy center that lets us imagine what our lives will be like when we've created this thing. And if we have the solid support of the five chakras underneath, then we can imagine it in great detail with all of the possibilities, right? And, uh, and we don't have to worry about, oh yeah, but if that happens, then what about this? Well, what if, what if, what if, what if? And getting into that anxious spiral yeah. thinking, right? Which is so easy to let happen, yeah right yeah. like that's super common and uh it happens with manifesting right you you start working towards something and those doors start to open and then you start to get scared it's like a doubt that you have yes as soon as you start doubt and there was actually one there was actually one um maybe the one other podcast i recorded way several months ago um yeah. She's like, as soon as you have a, a second, just that little sliver of doubt, it's just not going to come. It's not going to come to come to a fruition here. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so you move back down and you start the work back up again because it will happen. It just takes yeah. time. It's not, it takes patience. It takes kindness. It takes love. Right. And that the doubt can be killer. It, mm. it can be really, really brutal. And I, I find that women especially tend to doubt a lot about their dreams and whether they should have them. And then we are back down into the root where we're wondering if our, if we have the value that it takes to create these things. And yeah. I will go ahead and just say, yes, you do. If you're wondering right now, <laughs> do I? Yes, you do. Yeah. Not just you, everyone listening. I need to I hear that too. Answer yeah. it. <laughs> I can just answer it flat out. And it's not that I am just, I'm doubt free, not at all, but I, we can start believing in that basic principle and just holding on to that whenever we start to feel those things. The third eye also lets you dream big, you know, yeah. stop holding yourself back. Stop manifesting small. Why not manifest the world? Why not manifest yeah. everything? Like let, let your third eye imagine it, right? We get stuck and we could get to narrow thinking too, right? If the third eye starts to shut down, we start to think there's one way. There's one way to create this dream that we have. And then if things start to go wrong there, the whole thing crumbles. Well, let, let your third eye open you up to the possibility that maybe it's coming differently than you thought. Maybe it's coming better than you thought. You don't know. We just don't know. Which sends us to the crown chakra, yes. <laughs> which is my favorite one. <laughs> because essentially, I 
I, so I do a week long course on this mm-hmm. and we do a chakra every day. And then we get to the seventh day and I'm like, guess what? Everything you did the past six days, I want you to forget about it. <laughs> Just let it go. But really it's true. If you've got all of the support structure in place, you can release all of that up to the divine, to the universe, however you want to think about it. You can let all that work speak for itself. And it's a beautiful place to start developing trust, that sense of knowing that it will come. And that is my process of manifesting root That's, to crown. I love that. And I think that anybody could, yeah, this, it seems like an easy enough process. I, I really think people, totally maybe I would do Yeah. I think that maybe am I, even myself, I probably was overthinking a lot of things. Um, so yeah, with our turbulent, well, things are still turbulent, I guess. <laughs> I just tend to not to watch the news anymore. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so thinking maybe back to 2020, what do you feel was the most valuable lesson that you learned there? So I, I think about this and then I, you know, I think of like funny things like, oh, I, the most valuable lesson I learned was it's good to have a dog, you know, get out <laughs> walking, right? Yeah. Um, but really, truly, I started thinking and I think the most valuable thing that I learned is that caring for your mental, emotional, and spiritual health is not optional. It's not a nice to have. It's a must have. When my podcast, which is now called Your Chakra Coach, which is how you know me, Mm -hmm. started in January of 2020, which was a lifetime ago, I was very focused on um, my clientele, my fitness clientele. So the podcast was originally called Chakra Balancing for Weight Loss, Mm. which now seems so narrow, but that's really what people wanted to know. And then March hit, March 2020 hit, and the world dropped out from underneath us. And people's priorities changed so fast. And so my podcast changed so fast because I just needed to be addressing what was happening right in front of us in those moments. Yeah. You had a pivot. So, it's, it's like a whole pivoting thing. Yeah. I feel absolutely. like I had to do the same, the same thing. Cause you're so used to one, one component and that mm-hmm. component for, even for me, again, it was teaching in a studio. That's yeah. all I knew. And again, it's same kind of concept. You all, you, you knew was that fitnessy thing tied to the, the chakra system, but so you kind of had to reinvent and kind of reestablish in a way. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it was no longer, if I have time, I'll meditate. If I have time, I'll check in with my emotional state, right? There was no more hiding from that. And it was, it was simply not optional. We, yeah. we now know that we have to take care of ourselves in more ways than just, it's not about what you eat or how much yoga you do, or if you can, you know, bind that certain pose, right? Those are not, as it turns out, the things that matter or truly bring you health and happiness. And I think, even though I think I sort of just, I knew that on a very like, oh, that's not the important thing level. This really just brought it home. And so my, 
moving forward from that point, my priority was to share that with as many people as I could reach through this podcast, as many people as I could reach through my coaching and all of that, all of those things. So I think that was really, that was really what I came from. Also, it is great to have a dog and get out and walk around. <laughs> That's true. That's along true with too. everyone else. Along I think with I, everyone else. <laughs> I think everyone, a lot of people that I think that actually was up. There was pet adoption uh, scenarios. Absolutely. That, yeah. So a lot of people found pets and and they found companionship with that. And, you know, they were able to bond as families and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and yeah, I agree with you too. I found those practices, those self-care practices that I think I was missing out on. I was, again, probably worrying too much about the, the, the physical components of that to really kind of touch into mental, mental health. And I, yeah. I was, I was suffering immediately uh, when that, when we were just at home. I, yeah, it was, it was hard too. to deal with. It was, it was quite a depression. I tell um, people very openly, I was on the first wave of people that lost it when that lockdown happened. Right. I, my mental and emotional stability gone uh, right away. Yeah. I had no idea that I was that attached to my identity as a yoga teacher, as yeah. a fitness instructor. I didn't, you know, that all I had. It wasn't all I had. That, I was so attached to it that, you know, the pivot with the podcast also really helped me sort of pull out of that as well. So I think we got to be careful about putting, you know, putting people on pedestals. Everyone is struggling. Um, everyone is, is on their own journey. Everyone's doing their own work so we can learn from each other. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That resonates with me a hundred percent there. Well, Sarah, I want to appreciate your time and your energy this evening. And, um, thank you. Yeah. This has been an awesome and just interesting conversation. And I'm sure everyone that's going to be listening is going to be like, I'm going to go do this manifest right now. Yeah. (laughs) I think I'm going to have to reestablish myself too. I think I, (laughs) I think I got to get get my, yeah, get back to it. I got to get back to it. Yeah. If they, if your listeners want more detail, um, my podcast, your chakra coach, I did a whole series on manifesting and if you, it's episodes 54 to 61. Um, so if people want to just go listen, it goes into each of those steps in a little bit more detail, but it's like a whole podcast on each step, which we don't have time for right now. Um, but if they're interested, they can go take a look at that. Well, cool. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, so you guys can check that out. And again, thanks again. Have a great rest of your evening and namaste. Be well. Namaste. Thank you, Laura. You're welcome. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sarah. So as always, thank you for listening. Don't forget to share, review, and subscribe. Be well, my friends. (music) 